Congratulations for your solo show going in the Boogie Wong Gallery, London. Um, it's called Tracing by Emotions, and it's a work. Okay. Uh, and it's currently on view, just digital, as all over the world we're in lockdown. So unfortunately, we couldn't do a real opening, and I hope this will change soon, so we can start seeing each other again and having like real, real exhibitions in life. But that's what it is. But it's super beautiful, and I hope you all will go either uh, on the Boogie Wall Gallery or in my um, Instagram. You can see the link and do a virtual exhibition tour and let me know what you think. Sure, we would love to have a virtual tour. And I think having a virtual tour during this time is beneficial because people from every part of the world can view that. I think it's a good way of like an extra way. I hope definitely that there's going to be real exhibitions soon again like physical ones where you can interact with people and be hug them especially but i think now it's super nice too i'm very happy uh and i think it's a beautiful um exhibition and i'm very happy to have this on the side and i think it's a nice way as well of as you said people who can't be there physically in the future to have this opportunity as well to still be part of it and still do a tour and uh, travel at least virtually um yeah. Your artwork like is inspired from uh, German Romanticism, Gothic architecture, and is also inspired from the contemporary theme, which is about the dreams and the reality. Can you talk about that? I have to say I didn't, um, like I, I'm an art historian specialized in medieval arts, so I didn't learn any techniques in art. So I really come from the administrative side or the rational side, let's say. And I'm super um, attached to like German romanticism, Gothic architecture, old medieval Bibles. That's really something where my heart pounds and I always loved art. That's kind of like nourished in the roots of the country. Nevertheless, I would say like my whole work is very human in a way. Like the thing that really triggers me the most is emotions. Like in what kind of way do people express their emotions? And we talk so much about unity about universality in the world. And I always feel like where it kind of interconnects is always in the emotions. No matter if you speak the same language or not, I feel we all go through different states of emotions. And that's really, for me, the red line through my work. So no matter what story or what thought or what philosophical thought or inspiration is behind it, it's really something um, that is very dear to me to investigate in emotions. So how did you achieve this kind of, uh, how did you combine both the concepts, the contemporary and the historical concept on a platform of the art which you are presenting? I think it's very different or very, uh, it depends on the medium that I'm working with. As I'm a um, multimedia artist, I work with video, with um, painting, with performance. So it really depends on the support. Uh, when I go into video art, it's a lot of writing and preparation. And I always feel like when I, I don't know if you know, I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, for example, Hieronymus Bosch, like Jerome Bosch, these beautiful paintings at the end of the medieval art. And I always feel like when you look at this painting and you put it into a contemporary context, it's so contemporary. And whenever we, in our days today, think about life, about um, humanity about um, 
the sense of existence, I feel we are a little bit like always rewinding because there are so many people um, in the antiquities and even before that were great thinkers. And I feel like we all are interconnecting constantly to go back and forth. So that's where the rooting comes from. Like um, a lot of existential questions that I'm thinking about. And my true interest is not to keep it theoretical, uh, but whenever I can to make it a true experience for me. So I think as an artist or in general in life, if you're passionate about what you do, it's not a job. You just, you're not like you're really living it. So all the investigations and all the roots are always things that I'm kind of dealing with and I'm kind of thinking about. So it's just like takes a different physical form afterwards. And I also saw some of them had the diluted uh, faces and with the dripping colors on them. Can you talk about uh, that artwork? So the exhibition currently that is called Tracing by Emotions that already says how much yeah. I'm kind of like into this topic. Um, I have to say it started as an experiment because um, the topic behind this um, work of drawings was my question about the invisible and the visible. Meaning when you grow up, you see things that you won't see anymore when you're an adult and vice versa. I always feel like children have so much fantasy and it's getting kind of lost because we're so much in the rational and try to understand everything and try to, it has to be always in the definition. And so I started to investigate about the invisible and invisible. And I started to investigate, like, what do I feel? Where is a shift of perception of my fantasies of, from a child to an adult? And so I started to work with my eyes closed. For six months, I was all with my eyes closed because I really wanted to see what does it mean for me nowadays to not, like, in what kind of way can I experience the visible and the invisible? It's not just by emotions and by meditation or whatever. I thought, okay, how can I do it? And how can I experience that in an artistic way? So I started, um, I was in Slovenia at my grandma's house in the garden and we were just sitting on the floor. And it was super tough at the beginning because I realized that as an adult, we're so attached to aesthetics. I wanted it to be good and I wanted it to be beautiful. And it took me quite a while to let that go and just like be like a child and really find this joy of creating. And you get yeah. sense of vision as well. That is crazy to see. I would say like more wild side is the color dripping. So that is done like less controlled, I would say. And um, yeah. That's where it all started and that's where it is now. It's wonderful. <laughs> so it's, I can just, I can sense that you really enjoy creating those pieces and it's uh, not just the random thing which you're making, but it's a process which has been developed from your upbringing, your roots and your knowledge of your art history from your college times. And then now you've created that kind of a new concept. Yeah, so, definitely. But I'm always, since a child, I've always been into experiments. I always feel like when you want to have a true opinion about something, you have to um, to try things out. And as I studied, I've got a master in uh, philosophy as well. And I was always frustrated in philosophy because things were so theoretical and it frustrated me because people, they read and read and read, but what does it truly mean and how 
can you really apply it to know what a word definition truly means to you? What does it mean? And um, yeah. I think something that kind of everybody should try to investigate. And it's kind of a treasury chase as well to get to know yourself. And um, it can be frustrating, <laughs> to admit. And we're idle mind coming into it. <laughs> it has to be great. But um, it's a super nice experience, like in whatever mm -hmm. like. And the um, crazy thing about color is that it has a duality. Like, for example, red. When you have red, every country depends on your roots as well and your upbringing. You're associated with different things. Red is, stands for love, it stands for birth, it stands for blood, but it stands for hate as well. So that's the interesting thing about colors because it has this duality and therefore it creates attention. And um, I think it's interesting to see how it affects your mind and how it, and what it has, like, um, that's the beauty of art because that's the freedom you have, what it does to you, what associations, what fantasies it brings, where it takes you. It's like a little journey. And um, so I've really read a lot about colors and mostly uh, about Goethe, who wrote an mm -hmm. amazing book, Aesthetics of Colors. And it's interesting because it's the only one of the physicians who did um, personal subjective experiments about it to investigate and see what color did to him. If you read into Wittgenstein, Schopenhauer, um, they all were staying in the more physical realm of it. And Goethe really uh, digged into it. And the interesting thing is, as I said, the duality. And I tried to push this a step further and did a lot of uh, experimentation on colors as well. Like alchemists, uh, I believe a lot into the medieval age and to Egypt, how people produced their colors back then. So in the exhibition as well, you will see on the drawings, it's always called mixed media because I produce the colors myself. So it's already always with a lot of pigments, some natural things, some more chemical things to bind it, but it's a real research and color production as well. That is very dear to me. Amazing. And there, there's a question from the audience that Anina, are you going to do video art school? If I did an art school, no, I didn't. <laughs> I, uh, I, like I have a master in the history of art, so I'm an art historian, and okay. it took me quite a while to change realms and go into the artistic creation. Um, I worked at Sotheby's, and then I left and went to Paris and worked for other artists. And I had the chance, and I still do, uh, to play in a performance piece called Sistema Occam by the French artist Xavier Bayon, who is pretty... that's great, yeah. yeah. How I fully got into creation and I started to write uh, a video piece for a video artist and I played in it and I had a big chance and I think that was key and I'm very, very, very thankful for this. It's a gallerist called Bruno Bergonzo. Uh, he really kicked my ass. And sometimes, you know, I was always like, I swore to myself, I want to, I want to, find exactly who I am or what I'm supposed to do. So I knew it was in the art world, but I just didn't find my place. So I was like, really, it took me quite of a journey. And I'm super thankful for this today because I learned so much from the other side. And from that day on uh, that, um, this gallerist, Renaud Bergonzo, um, told me, Hanina, I see so much of you. You have to create, 
that was really like the, I don't know, the blowing point for me where the whole career kicked off and the turning point in your life, totally. the turning point. And I think sometimes I'm sure everybody in the audience know that knows that as well. You just like for your friends, for example, you just know, and you see them and you know exactly what they're supposed to do. And it still takes a while until they'll find it happy for that because I feel free. And that's what I always wanted to be. I didn't want to, I'm not a school person. I've never been. That's um, great. I felt like a prisoner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just, uh, as an art critic, I'm very curious to know from you because, um, in fact, from every artist as an art critic, I want to know what is, uh, what do you feel about the art market at the moment? You know, it's very difficult and it's very tough. I feel like artists probably sometimes know how to deal with it because we've all been through crazy times where you don't know how to pay your rent, where you don't know what, like how you're going to survive. And we always did. Um, so I'm pretty optimistic about the art market. I know big sales uh, are still running. I know it's too complicated. I know it's very complicated, but, um, you know, I feel about when yes. people are really passionate about what they do, if it's <laughs> as an artist or as a gallerist, you're just going to continue. You're just going to find ways to push it. And, um, that's what I think for the art market is going to be the same, like people who are just there for business. They probably just gonna switch to something else, go back into banking, go back wherever. And I don't judge it. I don't judge where they come from. I'm very happy that the art market is blooming like this, but I really think it's gonna select again, who is really into art and who's gonna stand up, continue to work. But do you think, uh, like it, is it also a positive way that artists, artists got a lot of time to create some new concepts earlier, they were busy in promoting themselves, getting into the market since the market was down. So they had a lot of time to self uh, introspect and create something new. I think it has like every crisis has, it's a matter of perspective. Uh, if you want to watch like all the negative things, you'll always find it. And if you want to yeah. <laughs> things and see like, okay, get up and go, what I want to do about it. Where do I want to go? How can I think differently? How can I promote myself differently? It's all about keeping faith in yourself and in a continuum. And, um, I think there are a lot of new things that are going to be created out of this. I just can't speak of myself in a way. It's been a hard year on everybody of us. And sometimes you turn crazy and you just want to travel and go to all the beautiful art fairs and everything. And on the other side, I never gave myself so much freedom to produce in calm. Like I produced paintings for like four or five months where it took time, like really, really time and nobody was pressuring you. And that's really, I think that's the good side of it. Definitely. Yeah. I would like to know about the artworks, how many artworks are there in the gallery and, uh, what all like. What all medias are there? Are those drawings or paintings or mixed media? It's all works on paper, uh, quite different titles. Um, I think it all starts like 65 on 70, something like this. And the biggest pieces are really like three giant, um, works on paper 
like to meet and drink your aunt once or something. And it's thank you everybody for watching and um, thank you for your support. Thank you for supporting artists and being in the art world and being an art lover. And uh, <laughs> wish you all a beautiful day.